1: Even better, gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you.
0: Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked.
1: You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare.
2: It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This, this is, is the Game of Roses! Welcome to the, to the game, game of, of roses. roses! Hey, Mom? Yeah? I just wanted to say sorry for making you throw up and all the night sweats and all the yucky acne. Oh, that's nice of you. Ooh, and I really like that McDonald's stuff. Keep it coming down here. Oh good, I like that too. And you know how you like to try to sing to Carrie Underwood and Whitney Houston and Celine Dion in the shower? Hm, <laughs> yeah? Could you shut the
1: fuck up? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues. And today is Friday. Do you know what Friday means, Pace Case?
1: Gotta get down.
0: Gotta get down. Gotta get down to business.
1: Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Right?
0: We're gonna get down. And Friday also means, for us anyway, (laughs) that this is... This week in Bachelor Nation, which means we're going to bring you some delicious tids in Bachelor Nation news. We're going to bring you all the good parasocial plays that all of our players have been doing. We're going to bring you all the gains that they've been doing. We're going to talk about the ratings of the show. We're going to get some deep screams from the pit, including one from our Patreon Discord channel, which I think you're all going to enjoy or maybe be terrified by. (laughs) That is up to you. It's subjective. And of course, we are going to give you a state of the game because many things in the game are changing, which means the nature of the game is changing. But before we get to any of that, we got some business up top to discuss.
1: Contests.
0: (laughs) We have some contests. That is the nature of our business is contests. But they are all in support of Pace Case and I's Life's Work, a book called How to Win the Bachelor. Mm -hmm. That is currently available for pre-order. And we are trying to get on the New York Times bestseller list with it. Because if we can do that, I believe we will be able to sell our own reality show and revolutionize the reality dating competition world. That is our end goal. To change everything.
1: I second your belief.
0: I'm glad that you second it because you're also involved in it. I would would really hate it if you were like, we're never selling that show. Go fuck yourself. I'm like, what are you talking about? Dual
1: contest, dual believers.
0: (laughs) That's right. So the first contest (laughs) is an individual contest. If you go to howtowinthebachelor.com, it has everything you need there to pre-order the book and then upload your receipt into the website. And if you do that, you get entered into the contest and you can win one of these prizes. 15 people are going to win autographed copies of How to Win the Bachelor when it comes out in January from Pace Case and I.
1: wow
0: That ain't even half the wowee. Five people are going to win the autographed copy and you're going to win a private Zoom with Pace Case and myself.
1: In the primary world.
0: Yeah, in the primary world. Three people are going to win the copy, the Zoom with Pace case, and myself, and you're going to win some contraband. There is a t-shirt that we had designed that we produced in a limited quantity, and then we did mm-hmm. not release it for reasons you will understand if you win one of these t-shirts. <laughs> and three people will get that, and then there's going to be one lucky person who wins the autographed copy, the Zoom, the contraband t-shirt, and a prize we cannot name, but it is, I believe, the most valuable object in the history of the world. I would describe it as such.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great prize. Great value.
0: It is a great prize. And once you get it, whoever gets it, you're going to understand why we're saying that and the, the gravity of that prize. You'll understand it.
1: And you know what? Here I am here to present contest number two. Is it more important? Maybe. It is our 10,000 book goal. We are going to do certain things at certain percentages of that goal in order to reward the pit because the pit has provided for us. We will provide for the pit. If we sell 25% of the 10,000 books, we will have the world release of the song, Bottom of the Pit. An original song by Bachelor Clues, performed by (laughs) Bachelor Clues. I can't wait. I haven't heard it yet.
0: Yeah, it's good. I
1: think it's going to be magical.
0: I think it's on par with like Dark Seasons. It's a little better than Dark Seasons. Mm. My musical talents have gotten better. I've learned a few tricks of the trade. And I mean, take this with a grain of salt. I've been trying to sing. Like I've actively been trying (laughs) to get my voice better. It's not working per se, but mm, I think I I feel better about it. I'll say that much. (laughs)
1: That's good. <laughs> yeah. At 50% of our 10,000 book goal, we are going to do a IG live from the shadow of the mansion. Bachelor Clues and I are going to travel to Villa Divina and we're going to try to get as close as possible and do an IG live for the pit. At 75% of our goal, <laughs> Bachelor Clues and I are going to compete against each other in a who competition, which we will film and the pit will vote on who is the winner. And clues has been saying he's going to IFI. He's been loading that pretty early on. We're not close to the 75%. Seems a little early to be saying that you're injured, but
0: <laughs> I don't want to IFI. You don't <laughs> misunderstand this. I don't want to be injured in the process of this. I'm simply saying I'm fully willing to accept that outcome. And if it happens, it happens. I will leave it all on the field. You will see no tear play from me, whatever the outcome. I'm going to try not to be injured, though.
1: Speed disagree on the interpretation of, of this loading <laughs> okay, of the IFI. Fine. At 100% of our 10,000 book goal, Clues and I are going to do something that will be a surprise, a mystery prize. It's going to be great, or it's going to be something, it's going to be powerful. But we are going to reveal that when we hit that goal, which I have no doubt that we will do.
0: I believe we'll hit it as well. And that mystery prize is a massive undertaking. Make no mistake. Mm -hmm. It is an amount of work that to me is like comparable to the hyper binge. It's going to Mm -hmm. be something incredible. And I think the end result will be something that um, I don't know. I'll be very proud of it. It's something that I've never done before. Creatively, and I think it will be very cool. Me either. But that's it. Those are our contests. That's how we're celebrating the release of our book. We thank everyone who is picking up pre-orders, helping us hit these numbers. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to start giving out these prizes and stuff too. Cause I'm excited to see like who gets the t-shirt. I'm really excited to see who gets the big grand prize that we can't mention and like what the yeah. results of that will be if they post it on social media or whatever. But again, thank you in advance for everybody who's helping us with that. And now Let's get into it, Pace Case. Let's begin this week in Bachelor Nation as we begin all weeks in Bachelor Nation. Today, we're going to be talking about the game itself. And as some huge news is coming out, what does that mean? This is Game, game, of, game of, Roses. of Roses State, State of the of Game. The
2: game.
1: As we prepare for the premiere of Michelle Young's season 18 of The Bachelorette in just two short weeks, a huge announcement has come from the official Bachelor hierarchy about the next host of Bachelor season 26, and it has monumental meaning for the state of the game. The new host of Bachelor season 26 is Jesse Palmer. Newer fans of our beloved game might not be familiar with that name, but rest assured, the 42 year old square jawed, white toothed Canadian is steeped in Bachelor history. In 2004, Palmer served as the fifth Bachelor, a season noted for delivering the very first ever Fimpros and having a spy within the player pool who secretly reported back to Palmer everything that was said in the house, especially by that season's villain and first FIMP recipient, Trish Snyder. What made Palmer exceptionally interesting as a lead was that he was also at the time an active duty NFL quarterback For the New York Giants.
0: Palmer began the legacy of NFL slash college football synergy that would go on to dominate our beloved game for years to come, all the way up to season 25 that saw Wake Forest football standout Matt James as The Bachelor. But Palmer's pedigree doesn't stop at the end zone. He's been rendering on-camera duties as an analyst for ESPN since 2007, and he's hosted countless TV shows in a wide array of genres, everything from the Holiday Baking Championship to ABC's The Ultimate Surfer, and even another Mike Fleiss-created dating show called the proposal which only ran for one season we have no doubt that palmer will be company manning to the highest levels imaginable as he ushers fellow football head clayton Eckerd through season 26 of the bachelor which started shooting this week at a location that we haven't seen since season 24 of the bachelor two years ago the mansion villa de Lavina.
1: vina <laughs> We are emerging slowly from the bubble seasons with Michelle Young's upcoming season, having one foot in and one foot out. Yes, it's going to be shot at a resort in Minnesota, but she will be going out into the world for some dates, one of which we know is at a major league baseball game. So we're not going to get the confined prison-like feeling we have all gotten used to over the course of Bachelorette 16, Bachelor 25, and Bachelorette 17. And we will know who the next Bachelor is for the very first time as he's coming out of a limo, which will make her season unique and just as experimental as the other bubble seasons have been. But it won't be until Bachelor 26 that we're back at the mansion again, and quite possibly we might even see some international travel. We think we'll at least see some domestic travel.
0: With a new host who has deep roots in both the NFL and our own beloved game, and a return to the mansion. it feels to us like season 26 is an attempt to bring a much-needed recalibration to the franchise to get it back on track, to return it to the game we remembered before the pandemic, which is both good and bad. The traditional style and location will be a welcome return, but Palmer as the new host seems to echo the straight white male authority of the original DLH days. We also don't know if this season is a test run for Palmer or if he has the permanent job all wrapped up. As always, time will tell. But we are excited to see how season 26 will play out in this new era of elite players and a brand new host who we may very well start referring to as DLP. (laughs) So where does this leave the game? We've got Jesse Palmer. He's 42. He is an ex football player. He's an ex bachelor. He's definitely going to be a company man. He's not going to do anything off script. He is old enough to imply authority in a way that so far I don't think like Wells has done. And I think he's far enough removed from the game that he's not quite like Tasha and Caitlin, who are main fixtures in the bachelor world. Palmer has been like pretty out of it for a long ass time. And now he's coming back. So I don't know if that's helpful or if it hinders him, but. I do feel like 26 is an attempt by the producers and ABC to return the game to what it was, which I know they're hoping to do because ratings in the bubble seasons have been fucking horrible.
1: Do you think Jesse Palmer is going to come out and say, I'm not the 26th Bachelor. I'm a happily married man.
0: (laughs) It's just a verbatim (laughs) repeating of the Dark Lord Harrison's (laughs) opening lines from season one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. An homage.
0: No, I don't. But I think he's going to be given some little intro thing that's like, hi, I'm Jesse Palmer. They'll probably do a reel of him as Bachelor season five. We'll get a little bit of history about who he is. He was a quarterback. He found love. It didn't work out. Maybe he'll say he's a happily married man now. I'm not exactly sure. But I think they'll do their best to kind of indoctrinate the audience into liking him and saying like, this isn't just some rando that we fucking picked out of nowhere. Look, he plays football. Look, he was a bachelor. And you might not remember that because, you know, I I do feel like the predominant portion of the audience contemporarily watching did not ever see season five.
1: No. I mean, try. Try to find it. You can't.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that too. Like It's part of the dark season. Seasons two through seven. Good luck fucking finding it. It was not easy for us. We had some help from the Dark Seeker.
1: By the way, I don't know that he is married. He definitely didn't end up with his ring winner, Jessica Bolin, on his season, who he gave an airplane ticket to instead of an engagement ring. But he has a committed partner, Emily Fardo, a Brazil-born model, who they were engaged in 2019. So it's unclear what exactly that status is, but... Did we discuss Jesse Palmer as a possible host? I feel like we've ta- we talked about it endlessly, but I don't know if he came up.
0: No, I don't think he ever did because he's like so removed from the game. He's not any of the people that it seemed like they had their eye on, like uh, yeah. Ben Higgins or a Sean Lowe maybe, or or anybody who had kind of stepped into these like attempts at it with other bachelor peripheral things.
1: Yeah, he never has come back like other previous bachelors.
0: But he did host that other Mike Fly show. He is currently hosting Ultimate Surfer on ABC. And he's been on camera since 2007 as an analyst with ESPN. This guy is a fucking Mm -hmm. pro. And I think you're going to see that immediately. Like Tasha and Caitlin, they were good and they definitely had, you know, certain qualities that I don't think he'll be able to render nah. in terms of feeling like it's really a friendship between them and Katie Thurston or whatever. And I'm curious to see if they keep them around for successive seasons of Bachelorette. But I do think what Palmer is going to be able to do is have an immediate sense of authority over the game and give you that very polished TV host feel that Dark Lord Harrison had like he's not ever going to make a misstep and he's never going to feel like he's out of place. That guy will be exactly what Dark Lord Harrison was in terms of that. Very curious to see what his uh personality is, like what kind of tone he brings to that role. If it is just the void, which I'm hoping for, cuz I think that is necessary in the game.
1: You're hoping for a void.
0: Yeah. That would be great. And I've watched him a lot on ESPN and he's got the void down. Like he can do it for sure.
1: Well, it's interesting because I feel like they probably will show flashbacks of his time in game. But when you're saying he doesn't make a misstep, I'm like, will they show him at the rose ceremony where he famously called out the wrong girl's name?
0: Of course, because the producers have to exert dominance over him. It's like, we own you, dude. We're going to make a fool of you if we want to. We can make you look like whatever we want. They will, of course, have that in there. But I also think this is like I mean, this would have happened anyway, but this just seals the deal. There's going to be a fucking football group date in Clayton Eckerd's season or Eckerd. We still don't know how to fucking pronounce his name.
1: 100% guaranteed. Yeah.
0: We're going to see him and, and Palmer talking about NFL shit for sure. Yeah. Because Clayton Eckerd was almost in the NFL. He played four preseason games for the Seattle Seahawks in 2016. You know, I, there's it's two football heads.
1: Who look very similar.
0: Hey, dude. Football dude. Football dudes. Yeah. They look very similar. I just, this is going to be a football laden season, but certainly I think you may even get on that date Jesse Palmer throwing some passes to him because Palmer was a quarterback, Eckerd was a tight end.
1: Who catches the ball? That's right. (laughs) Perfect. We got a thrower and a catcher. You got a thrower and a (laughs) catcher. A dynamic duo. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I mean, I do think that they improved upon their their misstep, which was casting two hosts. Yes, in Tasha and Caitlin, I think going back to one is definitely the move. I saw a lot of comments on. I only saw it posted on Twitter, but it was all these people sad it wasn't Wells, and I was like, that's a very different vibe <laughs> if it had been Wells. <laughs> I agree.
0: We've seen what Wells can do on Bachelor in Paradise. It is not what. The main game needs Bachelor in Paradise is a joke. They make fun of everybody there. I mean, it's not a joke now. Some people are having serious repercussions as a result of their appearance, obviously, on the season. But primarily, Bachelor in Paradise has been presented as a more fun, kind of lighthearted, even the opening is like people are getting hit in the head with footballs and shit. You know, yeah, it's like goofy. Silly. The main games are not goofy. And I think you need somebody who can wear that suit mm. and be authoritative and kind of have the reverence for the ceremony of it that is required. I don't think Wells would ever be able to do that. But the announcement of Palmer coming this early is also interesting. They could have saved this for a couple of weeks before that season is going to air. I mean, it would have probably leaked because you're going to get, if they're out in the world on group dates or one-on-one dates, you're going to see pictures of him leaking and it might have gotten leaked. But the official, I mean, that is what happened to Clayton Etchard or Eckerd or whatever. And they still haven't announced him.
1: I don't understand that at all. I think you announce that as early as possible. You certainly should announce it before Michelle Young's season starts. Yes. That's the whole draw. The whole draw of picking someone who's on that season is you're going to get more people watching Michelle Young's season.
0: I completely agree.
1: I think it's a huge mistake if they hold it.
0: Absolutely. But they make mistakes constantly. They don't understand how to market their own product. <laughs> We're seeing that all through the bubble seasons. It's just a fucking disaster. And here they're doing it again.
1: I don't know what you're saying. Be a Katie, Clues.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. Those promos are so bad. But with the announcement of Jesse Palmer, you then go to his Instagram and he has a picture of himself standing in the driveway at the mansion in a suit saying how excited he is to start this. Mm -hmm. I really feel like they are trying to... Just move out of the bubble seasons and be like, it's back. The Bachelor is returning. I think all the promotion mm-hmm. that we see for that season is going to be of that ilk.
1: Michelle Young's promos have been like that. They have the vibe of the mansion.
0: Yes, absolutely. Even though her season is like we're talking about, it's like a hybridized, yeah. not quite normal season, but it isn't, it's not as shitty as the bubble seasons have been, or at least it doesn't look like it. So, that's kind of where we are with State of the Game. We got this new host. We got a return to the mansion in season 26. We have a bachelor who is just a square-headed football motherfucker coming in to like do exactly what we expect him to do.
1: Colton slash Brad Womack slash Jesse Palmer.
0: Yeah, he's like a hybrid of all of them. And I do think that that season structure is going to be extremely traditional. I think it's going to be 10 rounds of the game three people in the fantasy suites, four people in the hometowns, two people in the finale. I think we're going to get exactly Mm. the structure that, for me, is the most pleasurable to watch. This is going to be like a return to Sean Lowe type thing, in my humble opinion.
1: I mean, you just... You just want that structure so that you have the the drama leading up to the end. You want a final rose ceremony that has two people at it. You want that final heartbreak. You don't want them having to stretch out episodes because they've lost weeks, which is like what happened during Thurston's season. You want to end each episode with a rose ceremony.
0: Yeah, that they just should start doing. And I get it when, like in Kitty Thurston's season, there are rose ceremonies that don't happen because certain players yeah. self-eliminate or she singles in on one player or whatever the case may be but i don't think that's going to happen in season 26 especially because i do believe there's going to be significant travel at least timing wise it may not be international but timing wise i think they're going to hit the same travel weeks and that allows them to control players mm-hmm. to a, a much more precise degree so it's it's harder for the lead to circumnavigate the traditional structure of the show because they're like you gotta get we're flying to fucking belize dude pack your bags, like get ready to do this, get ready to do it. You're just like in a whirlwind constantly and you have no time to think about anything. Yeah. So that's where we're at with the state of the game. It seems like it's going to be a return to tradition and we're going to get to watch Jesse Palmer for the first time, step into the shoes of dark Lord Harrison. And I think render a much more traditional hosting style, or at least one that we're, we're more used to closer to a DLH than Tasha and Caitlin were.
1: It's not a game, but we have two NFL stars at the front of it. Well, not stars, but participants.
0: Yeah, Paul Burr was like, I don't know if he was a star. Not really. He didn't play for very long, but like he was a starting NFL quarterback for a minute. That's huge. There's only like, you know, at that time, yeah. I don't know how many teams were in the league, but like 20 to 30 of those people exist in the world at any given time, just like players in The Bachelor.
1: It definitely heavily themed his season, and I feel like people were super competitive because they were like, oh, I can be... a." quarterback's wife they use that phrase a bunch of times during that season
0: mandy j jeffrey's parents said to him openly she would make a great nfl (laughs) wife they said that on her hometown date she was a pageant queen from texas of course
1: my other favorite thing that they did was they had a couple of his friends who were players go through binders of the women in the first episode probably and like pick out which ones they thought Jesse would like.
0: Yeah. Tiki Barber was among those players. He was actually very famous and went on to be a TV host himself for a little while. Hmm. But that wraps up our state of the game. We've we've gone on way too long with this, but it is important to note that like huge changes are happening within the game. And Jesse Palmer really signifies one of those changes that they have found someone to replace the Dark Lord, at least on The Bachelor. We don't know what it's going to look like in seasons to come and what they're going to do for Bachelorette and all that shit. But at least for 26, all the things we've been kind of saying up to this point that it needs to be a return to traditional Bachelor, seems like they're doing these things.
1: Praise be Dark Lord Palmer.
0: (laughs) We'll see if he's a Dark Lord or not. I tend to think he's going to be. I kind of hope he is, but he may be a gentler, kinder Lord. We'll see. But thank you for indulging our state of the game. Now we're going to move on to that section of our program in which we discuss all of the Instagram movements of the players from Bachelor in Paradise, the TV ratings, and what it all means. This is...
1: This Week in
0: games. We begin This Week in Gains by examining the ratings for our beloved game from Tuesday. And this part of the show has become a little bit like going to the dentist every (laughs) Friday. And today is no exception. <laughs> Tuesday's three-hour offering that included Ivan's forced departure after a producer setup, followed by two hours and 45 minutes of nothing happening, pulled in the second-worst ratings <laughs> of any episode this entire season. The serpent-filled episode was down 12% in the 18-49-year-old to demo from last week at a .77, Oof. and the raw viewer number dropped 12% as well to land at 2.8 million. And perhaps most alarmingly, The Voice and La Brea, both NBC shows that aired in the same time slot, crushed BIP in the demo and Raw viewers... And while CBS's FBI didn't win the demo from BIP, it more than doubled its total number of viewers. This is the first double network loss BIP has registered this season, and to our knowledge, potentially even in the history of BIP.
1: Maybe the finale will turn it around with the promise of GSJ and Serena Pitt's potential sparkler presentation, or maybe the audience is tired of so many shows back-to-back and so much toxicity designed by the producers as they seek vengeance on players who dare to act against their almighty will. Now let's move on to the top five Instagram gains chart for the players of bachelor in paradise season seven since to have been last week, the gold medal in gains once again, goes to second sand and clickbait host grocery store, Joe, AKA GSJ. He gained 18,000 Instagram followers, bringing him to 829 K total for his continued 4TRR kiss play and future casting and his hoo with Serena Pitt and his totally legit Paradise Prom King win. Will GSJ crack a million by the end of Paradise? Looks like GS, no.
0: There is a clip from the most recent episode of Wells Adams and Brandy Cyrus's podcast. They're talking about that scene where he wins Prom King and Wells goes, did you like how we gave him Prom King? He says something like that, implying Mm -hmm. like- We gave him. Yeah, that it was there was no voting or anything. It's just a very subtle thing in the podcast. But I'm like, fuck, they're just they're manufacturing all of this in order to get these people more popular.
1: I guess it depends on whether he considers the we him with the players or him with the producers.
0: Well, we're going to be playing clips from that episode in our Digging Deeper (laughs) that's going to be out Monday. There's a lot of shit just like that. Him using the royal we to kind of align himself with the show, with the producers that he is Mm. across that line now. It's. Pretty fascinating. So, if you want to hear that and a bunch of other clips, please tune in to Monday's <laughs> digging deeper because it's gonna be a doozy. Anyways, the silver medal in gains this week goes to Fourth Sand Serena Pitt. She gained fifteen thousand followers, bringing her to two hundred eighty-two k total for her continued 4TR chemistry play with the clickbait host GSJ, including a beautiful on sand huju as well as her totally legit Paradise Prom Queen win.
1: Bronze medal in gains goes to 11th Sand and professional rivalman Aaron Clancy. He gained 14K, bringing him to 170K total for his new charged rivalry with Ivan Hall, his kiss play with Chelsea Vaughn, and his kiss play in Kringle with official Bachelor podcast host Tia Booth.
0: Fourth place in gains goes to the official Bachelor podcast host Tia Booth, whose name, by the way, is now... In the bio for the official Bachelor Happy Hour Instagram. Uh,
1: wowie!
0: Congratulations, Tia. You fucking did it. She gained 11,000 followers this week, bringing her to 1.153 million total followers for her continued colorful narration, her sad tear play prom edit, and her eventual chemistry play with Aaron Clancy.
1: Fifth place in gains goes to... 20th Sand, and Aaron's right-hand man, James Bonsall. He gained 10.9K this week for egging Aaron on to fight Ivan. His deserves-to-be-here rose from Tia, his human tro slash snake massage chemistry late-in 101 date with Anna Redman, and his dynamic duo workout tag with Aaron Clancy.
0: I mean, Bonsall in the top five. Did you ever think you'd see the day?
1: Twice, no, absolutely not.
0: He's not like huge in his overall number, but he's doing a lot better than I thought he would. He has really, him and Aaron, I think, have probably gotten the most out of this paradise. Maybe Kenny.
1: By the way, his overall number, he's at 91.8K, knocking on the door of the 100K Club.
0: That's really fantastic. I mean, I know the big guns are like grocery store Joe and stuff, the made men, but for not being made man... And for being somebody who just like was not on anyone's fucking radar, him and Aaron both, I feel like, Mm -hmm. are are killing it in Bachelor of Paradise. But honorable mentions this week go to voluntary nudity play extraordinaire, Kenny Brash. He gained 10K this week, bringing him to 130K total for his Spirit Guide mini-date with Mari Pepin and the brouhaha in which they lowered their walls and LL3'd one another once again.
1: And the biggest loss and gains goes to... A three-way tie between Six Sand and Villain Edit recipient Brendan Marais, his paramour, Piper James, and the demigod. They all lost 1K this
0: week. The 1K probably hurts Piper James the most as she has the lowest follower count. Then Brendan Marais, demigod don't even notice a 1K drop-off. She still, as you're about to see, is pretty unaffected by it. The top five chart for 9-30-21 finally has some movement. I can't believe I'm even saying this. The first Tropical Royale, Becca Kufren has finally taken the lead at 1.213 million Instagram followers. Only gained 4K this week, but it was enough to push
1: out the demigod herself in second place. Demi Burnett has 1.19 million Instagram followers, slightly less than she came in with.
0: And Booth, Tia. Has 1.153 million (laughs) followers after gaining 11,000 this week. And then we dip out of the Million Club for fourth place as the first male, Sand, and the protector of the process, GSJ himself, has 829,000 followers.
1: Rounding out the top five is GSJ's ex paradise girlfriend, Kendall Long, at 620K. No one else is even close. The next closest is Natasha Parker at 467K total. Her gains have slowed down to only 1K this week.
0: She was sick in bed. What do you expect? But I don't think this top five is going to change throughout the the course of this entire season. We saw a little dust up up top there with Demi and Becca switching places, but that was about it. I, I truly don't think this is going to change.
1: I could see Tia overtaking Demi. Yeah, maybe something like that. It's close.
0: But I think these five people are going to maintain this exact thing. And I think Kendall coming back next week, my prediction is she's coming back to give Joe her blessing, basically to say like, Mm. I understand you're right. And I want you to know that I'm happy for you.
1: Hannah Brown bringing back the wings
0: for Popeye. Exactly. Correct. Joe needs the closure of this stupid story that the producer set up, which is not a story at all. (laughs) And so the producers are going to give her a little more screen time to come back in so she can be happy for him and start her own new love story.
1: I hope she has a little cringle for him. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like a dead rat of him and Serena Pitt. I
0: hope she comes back with Ivan. <laughs> She's repaired her relationship with Ivan, and they come back hand in hand. <laughs> We're going to get married, too. Anyway, that rounds out this week in Gaines. <laughs> now it is time to move on to that portion of our program in which we dissect all of the most delicious tids in the nation. This is... Bachelor Nation news.
1: Of course, the biggest news in Bachelor Nation was the announcement of Jesse Palmer as the new host of season 26, which we covered in State of the Game. But speaking of season 26, another huge piece of Bachelor Nation news that dropped this week was the 33 potential players for Clayton Eckard's upcoming season. They were released on ABC's official Facebook page. We don't know much about these incoming players, but we can tell you that the disparity in incoming Instagram numbers is gigantic. The lowest entering number is 702 followers, and the highest is just over 40K. And one potential player, Sally Carson, was celebrating her bachelorette party a month before shooting started, with her wedding originally scheduled for the same week that shooting of season 26 started. Reality Steve is now reporting that Carson did not make the final cut of players for 26, and this could very well be due to the sleuthing of the fourth audience. As we know, ABC releasing the players' identities just before the season starts shooting is part of their strategy to get the fourth audience to do free work for them by way of parasocial vetting. So far, no new items of pertinent information have surfaced about other players, but we are sure they will. We wish every player who made it past night one on Tuesday good luck, as they're all going on their first group dates and one-on-ones as we speak.
0: It's exciting stuff. I can feel the electricity just in the air. The world is a better place when I know The Bachelor is happening. I love it. I fucking love it. (laughs) But speaking of one-on-ones, we now move in Bachelor Nation news from first one-on-ones of players of season 26 to some last one-on-ones. As we must sadly report that Dale Moss and Claire Crawley have reportedly ended things for good this time. An insider divulged to Page Six that the on-again, off-again couple couldn't agree on some major issues like which state to live in and how soon to start having kids. The nation has been fascinated with the 16th Bachelorette and her ring winner ever since they defied conventions and ripped the first bubble season asunder by opting to partner up and leave the show together in the second week of shooting. Crawley admitted to falling in love with the Mossman parasocially while shooting was put on hold due to the COVID lockdown, giving her time to scan his Instagram and imagine her life with him on a daily basis. Nothing like the level of parasocial power wielded by Moss had ever been seen in our beloved game and may never be seen again due to the unique circumstance in which it was applied. Our condolences go out to this once happy couple, and no matter what the future holds for them, they will always be remembered as one of the most important couples in the history of our beloved game, and we cannot thank them enough for their contributions.
1: Speaking of contributions to the game... We are still covering the fallout from Brendan Marias and Piper James' game shattering open Instagram strategy that has failed so completely it has cost Marias over 100,000 followers, a lucrative SpawnCon deal with Nordic Track. And now James is feeling the sponsor hurt too, as she too is being dropped by brands who fear the negative blowback from her involvement in the biggest scandal of the season. James has lost around 10,000 followers herself, but Paula Peckick. The owner of a brand she worked with called Bittersweet said recently that it wasn't so much the follower drop-off itself that concerned her, but its impetus. Quote, The larger significance is the reasoning behind the follower drop. Piper's actions are definitely not something we support, so at this time, she's not an influencer that we would work with in the future. End quote. Pekic explained. So we are seeing what is, to our knowledge, a first in the history of Bachelor in Paradise. A player's actions in-game can result in a brand dropping them completely independent of what their follower count might be. The idea now exists that for a sponsor, working with a perceived villain might be too detrimental. We are very curious to see what happens to the player in Michelle Young's season, who is already being promoted as having come into the game with written out notes and strategies. But from everything we're seeing with James and Marias, it seems like getting a villain edit, even if you get followers, might render you unhirable for any future SpawnCon. Will this result in a new wave of players who are savvy enough to never fall into a villain edit? Time will tell.
0: When I saw the story and read that quote, I was like, holy fuck. In this quote, the owner of this company says, Piper's actions are definitely not something we support. She is not an influencer that we would work with in the future. What actions? All she said was, I have a master's degree in marketing and I know how to get Instagram followers. I get Brendan Marias.
1: I mean, she was like slightly dismissive of Natasha, I guess. Like there was that one line at the bar.
0: Exactly. Brendan Marias is a different story. They have him on camera saying really nasty shit to Natasha. So strategy aside, his actions can be perceived as like bad, you know, Piper didn't do any of that shit. She was kind of just like, yeah, I came here for Brendan. I didn't know there was fucking rules in paradise. Her real transgressions were against the game, not the other players.
1: Maybe like standing by his actions. I don't know.
0: I don't know either, but that's what I'm saying. We're entering this era. where just being a villain in the game. Can lose you spawn con deals. I don't think we've seen that. Not that I can remember. But moving on, we had some big news in the podcast world this week. The Dark Lord's significant other, Lauren Zima, launched her new podcast, Chic Shit Only, on Thursday. Zima was all set to launch another podcast almost a year ago in November of 2020 called Relationships, but after receiving backlash from the fourth audience when Claire D, a woman of color and the host of a lesser known podcast of the same name, called her out for stealing not only her title, but the design of her show art in a tweet that read, a white girl stole my whole podcast. She's been ignoring me and apparently deleting comments from supporters. Are we really still doing this in 2020, Lauren Zima? The fourth audience backlash was enough to scuttle the project unceremoniously and prompt an apology from Zima 2D, but it seems 11 months was enough time to allow Zima to take another crack at podcasting with a new title and new art that have most certainly been highly vetted for the possibility of stepping on any toes. We have not listened to her new show yet, but we hope to in the next day, and we might include some clips in our upcoming Digging Deeper that will be available in full to all Patreon subscribers on Monday. I'm very curious to see what's in this podcast, to see what she is talking about, what is the tone of it, if there's, I mean, I assume there'll be no mention of relationships.
1: If I know anything, there's only gonna be chic shit in it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And the art (laughs) for it, by the way, it says chic shit only. She's in like a very nice dress, and she's eating pizza off a paper plate. So it's a real fun Mm. little visual pun for you.
1: And... Speaking of fun, we finally want to give a big happy birthday to none other than the male goat Nikki Lunches, a.k.a. Nick Vial, (laughs) began his 41st trip around our dying star on Wednesday to celebrate his girlfriend. Natalie Joy made an incredible parasocial play, which we'll be discussing in the very next segment. We wish the male goat a great year and many more to come.
0: You know, when I wrote this, I didn't remember Uh writing in male goat. I remember just writing goat.
1: You did write goat. I added male.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I'm reading it as you're reading it. And I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. there.
1: Yeah. Improv. I'm fact checking as I go. You know, we have two (laughs) pairs of eyes on this to make sure there's no mistakes.
0: It was my (laughs) mistake. I should have put the word male in. Uh Okay, moving
1: on. Clues, it is springtime, it is the off-season, it Mm -hmm. is gore girl summer, the weather's getting warmer, thank Dark Lord Palmer, and it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues who only wears
0: one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing quince t-shirts, quince pants, quince long sleeve t-shirts, quince pants, quince sweaters, quince pants. I'm quinced. <laughs> Just call me quinced, king quinces. Okay. They call me. I love quince. Okay, quince. Uh get warm weather ready with quince. Be a quince king yourself or quince queen. Go to quince.com/slash roses for free shipping on your order. And 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I- nce.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses
1: game of roses is sponsored by better help clues uh we all carry around different stressors big and small and if you keep them all bottled up it can affect you negatively Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the, the whole premise of life is, is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake. And therapy can help with that.
0: Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Game of Roses.
1: Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock.
0: we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims (laughs) let's talk about the parasocial plays of the week there was just some incredible stuff so let's get into it this is the parasocial play
1: play 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 of the week
0: There were an astounding number of powerful parasocial plays this week. Dr. Joe played the song he actually played on the beach on his uke that producers had dubbed over with Connor, the Catman Beast song. Hunter Montgomery performed a girlfriend reveal and addressed how she looks like Queen Victoria with the hashtag not Victoria. Bachelor season 12 and VIP. <laughs> Season three player Vinny Vinsane responded to a TikTok about the rules in paradise. Kenny Brash made an Instagram reel in which he performed chores around his house in his paradise 80s prom tot. Katie Thurston celebrated one year since she started her bachelor journey. Everybody was on their parasocial games this week, but there were a few plays that we want to highlight very specifically.
1: First, tier play and PVC champion player Ashley Iaconetti made an iconic TikTok video this week during which she has a conversation with her unborn child. She cuts between a demonic image of a baby in eudero onto which she's transposed her own eyes and mouth, juxtaposed with Iaconetti herself as a mom responding to the baby. Pre-baby Iaconetti apologizes for making her throw up and giving her night sweats and acne, thanks her for eating McDonald's, and regarding Ashley's singing, tells her to shut the fuck up. This TikTok had 165.8K views, 14.7K likes. I wanted to give this the parasocial play of the week. When I saw it, I was like, this is extraordinary.
0: It's the parasocial play of the millennium as far as I am concerned. She assumes the identity of the child that is currently living inside her and then has a conversation with it in which she, Mm -hmm. as her own child, tells her adult self, who once again is gestating that child, to shut the fuck up. It is, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to really describe the importance of this art in terms of its parasocial impact, its place within the Bachelor parasocial world. We obviously on this show talk a lot about the fetus game, the pre-baby game, that people will make accounts for their children before they're born, get those numbers up like the Lion Dykes have done with Alessi Lion Dyke and the Lion Dyke twins and Glitter Baby, which is Crystal Nielsen's child. There have been a bunch of them. Jade Roper did it with her babies. This shit, though, they don't have an account for the baby. They have the baby speaking to Ashley Aiken while it's still within her. I, I just, my mind was fucking blown. It's, it has, like, elements of cringe. It also has elements of, like, just straight fucking comedy. I view it as, like, a hilarious comedy video. It also is terrifying in some way. I really hope it's a series. I think it's meant to be. As it says Across the thing. She has a caption on the video that says conversations with my unborn child, (laughs) implying that there are going to be more to come. I cannot wait to see more in this.
1: Multiple conversations.
0: Exactly. Where does this go? So far, the baby is very sassy and it told her mom to shut the (laughs) fuck up or his mom. It's a boy, right? They revealed that.
1: By the way, the audio is the clip that we played at the beginning of this show in case anyone was confused by what that was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right.
0: In case you're not up on Ashley I. Kennedy's conversations with her unborn child TikTok, we certainly are. And this week, the runner-up for Parasocial Play of the Week was another great play. It was the coordinated Instagram reels by Alexa Ray Caves, young Noah Herb, and 40 twr player Ivan Hall. In Ivan's, he has a conversation with himself playing Noah while he sneaks out of the hotel room. And this is all scored by the popular TikTok song, Nobody's going to know they're going to know his reel has 17.7 thousand likes and 883 comments on TikTok, It has 769.2 thousand views and 39.5 thousand likes. And in Alexa Ray caves video, she films herself eating chips with a face mask on the title reads you're in Mexico and you hear a knock on your hotel room door door emoji. The audio plays that's suspicious. That's weird. As she gets up and checks the door her video has 4.2 thousand likes in noah's video he has a conversation with ivan played by himself in it he uses the popular tiktok audio by michaela girl don't do it in it he admits that he (laughs) came up with the idea for ivan but told him not to do it and then ivan did it and came back at 6 a.m and he prepared to lie to the beach his video has 16.5 thousand likes and 478 comments On TikTok, it has 112.3 thousand views and 7.5k likes. They've all skillfully hidden the T, critiquing the producers' narratives in a jokey meme format here. But this is part of a bigger movement happening parasocially within our beloved game of players contradicting the narratives that producers are setting up in the show through their social media. In some cases, we have seen it blatantly done when Katie Thurston comes out and says, hey, uh, Hunter Montgomery got a villain edit. Well, he's actually a nice guy and you don't know the half of it, that type of shit, immediately after he gets his villain edit. That's just a straight rebuke. Mm -hmm. Here, they're hiding it in these jokey TikToks, but they're revealing the truth of what happened that night here because the producers certainly have not.
1: They're revealing the truth of what happened. And I just got to say, I'm astounded that all of these were released right after the episode is airing. We are at... (laughs) such a high level of parasocial plays this week. I mean, all of the plays, I mean, we just ran through a bunch of them, but they were so good. And everyone is perfectly timing them to come out when the episode comes out. I'm assuming Ivan and Noah at least coordinated theirs too because they had very similar structures. But I just, fantastic work all around. I feel like it's taking the heat off of that situation of like creating Ivan as this huge villain when it's like, no, it's just this cute little moment basically
0: totally the the comedic tone of this i think diffuses the situation but it also is Mm -hmm. starting to it's starting to create this thing within the game which is if you're a made player you're going to be protected with good edits throughout and therefore you will uphold the lie of the game in any media that you might be doing on your Instagram, your TikTok. If you have a podcast, you're going to do it on the podcast. But then there are also other players who do not get protected edits, who actually get fucking destroyed in the edits, who producers set up specifically to be villains or whatever. Those players now are kind of trying to contradict what is happening in the show through their social media. And I think this is a rift Mm -hmm. within the nation that we are going to see widen and become more extreme in the coming years. That if a player gets fucked by the producers, they're going to let you know about it on social media. If a player doesn't get fucked by the producers, they're going to say, that's stupid, 4TRR, everybody's just here to be open and find love. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a huge division.
1: Reality TV is real.
0: <sighs> exactly. Reality TV is real versus, no, they fucked me. And I'm here for that because that's like what got us into this whole fucking podcast in the first place was watching the lie of this show And being like, nobody's really talking Mm -hmm. about the truth of it in podcasts, how the show is created, what the producers are doing. And now finally, we're really seeing players taking the initiative to be the ones to fucking pull the curtain back. I love this. yeah, And I hope it continues more and more and more.
1: I hope it continues as well. The show can't sue all of their cast members at that point. If they start doing that, who's going to join the cast? No one.
0: Exactly. Well, they can't, they could sue you for doing certain things. And I think the fourth audience and even incoming players would be like, well, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Like if you do some kind of malicious shit, but if you're just telling the truth after they fucked you over in a bad edit and then they sue you,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: nah, people are going to be like, fuck you. I'm not coming into this show. If I have as much of a chance of winning the ring or getting a terrible fucking edit and ruining my life, no way. Who's fucking rolling those dice. It's crazy.
1: Speaking of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) All of these were amazing parasocial plays. But there was one that stood above it all. And some might consider it the parasocial error of the week. The male goat, Nick Vial's girlfriend, Natalie Joy, plagiarized the caption of her happy birthday Instagram post to Nick Vial from a YouTuber turned actress, Claudia Saluski, to her own partner Phineas O'Connell, who is Billie Eilish's brother. Claudia has 2 million Instagram followers. At Phineas has 3 million. Natalie Joy used two posts by Saluski as a strong inspiration.
0: (laughs) Inspiration. (laughs) (laughs)
1: The first was a July 30th, 2019 Instagram birthday post to at Phineas, which read that face. My favorite thing in the world is waking up to that face. You've flipped my whole world upside down and given every dream and goal, a new meaning and purpose. Your sense of humor, honesty, generosity, talent, creativity, drive, heart, and vibrancy just blows my mind. You tear every fairy tale to shreds. Heart emoji. Happy birthday at Phineas. I love you like nothing else.
0: Her second post read, my life partner, DNA emoji, I can't imagine a day without you close by. You are one of the best ones, and anyone who's met you knows it too. Natalie Joy then made a little post for Nick Bial's birthday, and it read, in quotes, this man, you're one of the best (laughs) ones. Have you heard that before? And anyone who's met you knows it too. Have you heard that before? I'm so lucky to not only share this life with you, but to love you and to be loved by you. You flip my whole world upside down and given every dream and goal, a new meaning and purpose, your sense of humor, honesty, generosity, talent, creativity, drive, heart, and passion just blows my mind. Strangely, those are the exact same qualities Phineas has literally to a word.
1: Phineas had vibrancy, but Vial only has passion, not vibrant. That's
0: good. She changed up a little bit. Cherishing your existence forever. You tear every single fairy tale to shreds. I mean, it's very rare. I think that two people in the world at the same time are tearing fairy tales to shreds simultaneously. A phenomenon. Happy birthday, baby! I love you like nothing else. Her post has eighteen point one thousand likes and five hundred twenty-seven comments. And then Phineas himself became aware of this, and he tweeted a screen cap of these two things side by side, which of course the fourth audience has dug all of this up and it's all over Reddit. And the fourth audience really is the one who brought light to this. And Phineas's response is a tweet that says, ha 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 laugh my ass off at Claudia Saluski. And as I said, it has a picture of the thing and Natalie joy isn't even a fucking player, but she's getting a reaction from one of the most famous people in music. And this post is killing it in the forums. Extraordinary to behold, like you're saying, Pace Case, some people <laughs> thought it was a fucking error. I am not one of those people. I thought this was fantastically done.
1: Talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular, never the same, totally unique, completely not ever been done before. <laughs> that is how I feel about this Natalie Joy post. <laughs> I am taking inspiration from Lady Gaga.
0: Of course. There's <laughs> this idea of like, is it plagiarism? It does not even exist anymore in our world where... To make a meme, you're going to steal a picture that you didn't take or that you didn't make some image. You're going to slap some words over it or you're going to slap something else over it. And who really owns any of that shit? Like all memes are plagiarism. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them, I would say. Some people take their own original photography or make their own original images. But like to make mine, I'm taking literal images from The Bachelor, cutting them up and putting them back together in weird ways. And that's plagiarism to some degree. That's like what internet culture is. And I think especially for Natalie Joy, who I believe is Gen Z, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with this? I'm taking this piece of someone else's post, another piece of social media, copying it, cutting it up, and using it for you. She's making a meme, basically. Mm-hmm. I see literally nothing wrong with this, and I think all players should be doing this because the attention she's gotten from it is fucking insane. Plagiarize everything.
1: I mean, it might be a miscalculation at first, like a underestimating the power of the fourth audience who are... <laughs> fervent that the bachelor nation forums are, uh, very, very active people and they'll find anything. I mean, these posts were old. I mean, they were on very famous people's accounts, but they were old. It's remarkable that this was even found, but if it is intentional, I mean, it's genius.
0: Yeah. I don't think it probably was intentional, but I'm saying <laughs> any bachelor players out there who are listening to this, do it intentionally. Find whatever the Uh biggest fucking tweet is, the biggest Instagram post of that week, whatever the caption is, copy it directly, apply it to some other situation that is similar in your life, and watch the conversation begin. This is an insanely Mm -hmm. good way to generate engagement, essentially.
1: Yeah, I loved it. It made my entire week. I couldn't stop thinking about it and just laughing to myself.
0: It's unbelievable. I, I was thinking a lot about what does Nick Vial think of this? Because I know he's got a little mm. bit of an ego and I don't think he views it as like, oh, internet's fair game. This is just like a meme. I think he's probably very pissed about this. You couldn't even write an original caption for my birthday, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we know how passionate he is. That's not right. vibrant.
0: Well, he tears fairy tales to shreds. So he's a fairy tale killer, but he was one of the greatest players <laughs> in the game, but
1: the fairy tale killer <laughs> new moniker <laughs> male goat and fairy tale killer. <laughs>
0: we congratulate Natalie Joy on her immaculate parasocial play here. Uh, we give her the award this week, and we hope Nick Vial can somehow find a way to forgive her if indeed he holds her accountable for this. Now we're going to move on to some parasocial creatures and give out that award. We had a couple of creatures this week that were vying for top honors. Deanie Babies showed off a wasp that strutted his stuff all over his hat in a short video. Congrats go out to this wasp for being so close to one of the best heads of hair in the nation. But our winner for Parasocial Creature of the Week was something else. This week it goes to...
1: A parrot that took a ride on the head of Bachelorette Season 17 runner-up Justin Glaze. Glaze posted a three-slide work of art to his main grid, featuring two stills and one video of himself acting as a perch for his feathered friend. Glaze captioned the post, Polly wanted a little more than a cracker, parrot emoji, huffing face emoji. The post received 30,000 likes, 262 comments, including one from the parasocial queen herself, Katie Thurston, which read, P-C-O-T-W for sure, heart eyes emoji, to which Glaze himself responded, you mean it, crying face emoji. This kind of blatant campaigning for a parasocial creature of the week award will work on us every time. Congrats to Glaze and to this beautiful parrot who will never know the levels of greatness he slash she slash they achieved.
0: Fantastic work, Glaze. Fantastic work, parrot. And thanks go out to Katie Thurston for making sure that we were aware of this by putting (laughs) her vote for this parrot to become parasocial creature of the week. And now it is time for Pace, Case, and I to move on to our final segment of today's show. This segment is one I'm sure you're familiar with. And if you're not... It's one in which we descend to the bottom of the pit. The pit is a metaphor for the deep fandom that we experience of the show that has taken over our lives and sent us into a dark spiral from which we will never escape. The title of this segment is... "Scream from from the the Pit!
1: My scream from the pit this week is I went to a wedding... This weekend, Mm. it was an extraordinary wedding. One of my best friends had a great time at the dinner for this wedding. I met somebody who was a, a lovely gentleman, very nice, kind, charismatic person. And throughout our conversation, of course, the bachelor came up. And he told me that he had been in discussions with casting. Mm. Had, they, had, they had contacted him a while ago. And that he wasn't sure about it and finally turned them down. And I had such a struggle during this conversation because I was like, well, if you actually seriously want to do it, like, come talk to me in clues and we will <laughs> guarantee you the next crown, essentially. But I felt very conflicted because he was like, I felt like it was, you know, it was too much to go through. And I felt such a conflict in myself where I I felt like I was a bachelor producer for a second where I was like, there's a nice human being in front of me, but also they could go through the game and that would that would be amazing also. And I was like, I know it's not his best interest, perhaps to go on the show, but I do want him to go on the show. Mm -hmm. And I. Just I I had never felt like what I imagined a bachelor producer feels like, and I felt that during this conversation. And I ultimately like I don't know where I've landed on it. I'm like I probably could convince him if I wanted to, but I don't know if I want to.
0: It's fascinating that you're bringing this up, and I will tell you this: mm-hmm. this is my feeling on this because I've had a bunch of people DM me about like, oh, my friend is this guy, and he is thinking about going to the Bachelor. Would you help him or whatever? And I'm always like, tell him to DM me if they want this they have to DM me and they have to be willing to actually do it. Like that's kind of where you draw, mm. or at least where I draw the line of people that I'm willing to help coach. The idea that this guy has already made the choice. I'm not doing this means he did de- he doesn't have what it takes honestly to yeah. play the game. And if you tried to coach him through it, if you tried to turn his mind around, that's not going to be a good player. He's going to, he's going to break under pressure almost immediately because that idea in his head will always be there well, fuck, I did decide I didn't want to do this. And now I'm kind of like, fuck, why am I doing mm. it? Blah, blah, blah. The only players that I think are, are really able to be coached through the process are ones that are fucking like, I want this committed, committed and ambitious. Yeah. And it's interesting that like they reached out to him. That's obviously a very good sign, but if he ain't got it, he ain't got it. Did do you think he could have made it by the way? Like after talking to him and stuff, do you think he had the skills to play?
1: Well, I brought up that we would need to do a photo shoot. And it, and I feel like even that it was like, I, he's probably not cut out for it. If he, if you're not willing to do a photo shoot. Oh, yeah. To build up your Instagram and stuff. And I know we like definitely talked to a friend of mine once and we're like, well, would you put a Bible quote in your bio? And she was like, no. It's like, well, OK,
0: you're out. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're either playing the game or you're not.
1: You're going to have to do much worse shit than this in order to get through.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly correct. So that's interesting, though, to just meet somebody in the wild who was contacted by a producer. it was. And then like you are the person meeting that person, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you don't know who you're talking to here, do you?
1: Yeah, it was a a bizarre experience. And I just feel like these things are just happening more and more and we're in a simulation.
0: And they will. They'll continue to happen more and more. There's also like how many fucking seasons of Bachelorette did they make this year? Double the amount of players have been contacted by producers as they would have been in any other year. Not that that's like a a huge number, but it doubles the odds of it happening at the very least. Well, I wish that guy luck, whoever he was. And... If you're listening, guy, mm-hmm. and you do decide to go on the show, if you can change your mind, if you can find the ambition, if you can understand that we can coach you to potentially a million Instagram followers <laughs> in a life of doing SpawnCon, DM me. My DMs are open.
1: If he's listening right now, maybe he is ready because that means that he ha- has regretted his decision.
0: <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it's a huge piece of money just laying on the fucking table. We can't help you get it. But I will now engage with my screen from the pit. Mine involves a novel. It's a book. It was recommended to me by someone because it is about a kind of Bachelor-esque world. This book is called One to Watch. And the premise of it is there is a plus-size fashion blogger who gets drunk one night and fires off a blog post about a show in this world that is Bachelor-like that's called Main Squeeze. And her Mm -hmm. blog post is very critical of it, saying, you know, all this shit about all the things we talk about, how it's not inclusive of people and everybody looks the same on the show and all this shit. And in this book, that blog post goes viral. And right at the same time, the kind of Mike Fleiss character gets ousted from the show. They hire a new executive producer Mm. who's going to be the showrunner. And that showrunner taps this blog post writer to be the next Bachelorette or aka the main squeeze. And so the book is all about hmm. her going through this process and what it's like for you know somebody who doesn't traditionally look like all the players on the show usually and how the world reacts. And it's told kind of through prose yeah. about what the shooting schedule. And then you see like articles and tweets and kind of online reaction to each episode as it's coming out. Fascinating and a very interesting mm-hmm. way to tell the story. Very well written. I am like clenching my teeth so hard they're going to shatter as I'm reading it because of the treatment what? <laughs> of the game mechanics. Clear, the writer of this book, by the way, clearly watches The Bachelor and like understands it very well. Uh-huh. But the treatment of the game mechanics and like the interactions with producers is so surface. And I get that it has to be that way to keep the narrative going because you're. it's actually a love story about her. And you're following that primarily. But the specifics of how the show is made are just... Mm-hmm. It's such a rudimentary examination of it that I can't fucking handle it. And so I I don't <laughs> even really have the capability of finishing this book. I'm halfway through it and I'm going to do, I will do the rest. I will do my research on it. But I just am like, no, nope, this isn't it. That's not how that works. Can't do it like that. This is stupid. That's not how it works. Meanwhile, it's like a very well-written book and very interesting and like even funny and all that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. I like the
0: premise. Yeah, my scream is that like this is a piece of media I would have thoroughly enjoyed two and a half years ago. Yeah. Now I can't see past the inaccuracies in the structure of the game. It has ruined it for me.
1: Look, I, I completely could identify with that. That's how I feel whenever SNL does any bachelor sketch.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So surface level bad,
0: Well, what can you do when you have this amount of information? It's going to affect some things and uh, <laughs> we're going to move on. <laughs> to a scream from a user. This user's name is KMHRT, and this is a scream that they submitted in our Discord channel, which you can access if you sign up on our Patreon and join us in the bottom pit. You just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, join our Discord, and you can load up one of your screams, and we might play it here in Screams from the Pit. Are you ready to hear KMHRT scream at us? Yes. Here we go.
2: Hi, Pitt. My scream is that I'm moving apartments soon, so I've been packing up my stuff and in the process, getting rid of things that I don't use anymore. But today I discover something that I cannot part with despite every reason to, and that's a pair of leggings that I bought in December 2020 from the now defunct Game of Roses Society Six Store, which are completely covered in a pattern of Dark Lord Harrison's evil gritting visage, and they are completely terrifying. And I only wore them once during Matt James's premiere and obviously never again after the racism scandal in February of this year. But even though I will never wear them again and they're just going to collect dust in a drawer in my new apartment, I decided that I'm going to bring them uh, with me on my move because to me, they're an object of Gore history and I want to preserve the, um, the relics of our beloved podcast. And I also paid $40 for them.
1: I love this scream so much. I know exactly the leggings that she is talking about.
0: I do too. I designed them.
1: (laughs) And they're haunting.
0: Yeah. This is one of those terrifying screams I've ever heard in my life. I remember making those things. I think there was a bedspread that I made with Dark Lord Harrison's face all over it.
1: I was going to say there was one way for this scream to be more terrifying. And it's if she had (laughs) the Dark Lord Harrison mattress cover or duvet cover. (laughs)
0: Comforter. Oh God, I mean, you know, it's flattering in one way. I I like that K M H R T sees some historical value in this object. It's kind of flattering, mm-hmm. but I also am like. You know, I'm pretty sure I made all of those designs just high as fuck one night out of my mind being like, how many times can Uh I repeat Dark Lord Harrison's head? And how many weird things can I put it on? Will anybody want one of these? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, now she's got to lug around these fucking leggings for the rest of her life. Like, how long will this continue? I feel that I've burdened her. Uh, So you have my apologies, KMHRT.
1: You didn't burden her. Dark Lord Harrison burdened her because if he hadn't done what he did, she could wear those proudly. Well, somewhat proudly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They still looked like how they look. (laughs) But I understand preserving the history because probably one of the only people to purchase that item ever.
0: Yeah. I don't know how many we even sold of those. But I do remember our old society six days when we had no idea how to do merch. And it was just me doing weird Photoshop shit and putting on mugs and stuff. And obviously we... Thank you for purchasing those leggings. And maybe you'll find cause to wear them again someday, maybe to DLH's funeral in the next however long that is.
1: Maybe if you go to a theme party where the theme is like cancel culture or something. Yeah, (laughs)
0: sure. (laughs) But thank you so much for submitting your scream. And again, if anybody else wants to submit their screams, you just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses. Sign up. Join us in the bottom of the pit. You get access to the Discord and you can submit these screams. Tell Your Heart's Desire. But that wraps up our show this week that's been This Week in Bachelor Nation. And as a closing thought, we just got a very important email about the group status goals that we have for our book sales. We are currently at 11.4% of the total 100% (laughs) that we are trying to get of 10,000 copies. So we need to... Have what? I can't do the fucking math.
1: 89% more.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for the full 100. But to get to 25% when we release the song, Oh, Bottom of the Pit, we only need 13 point something, I think. Wait. We're at 11.4 though, so I think we need 13.6%. We cannot thank the 11 percenters enough. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for getting us to at least this part of the goal.
1: Core
0: 11%. (laughs) The core 11. Hopefully within the next... Couple of weeks, month—I don't know. We can at least hit twenty-five percent. I gotta release that song. Yeah, I'll be okay if we don't hit seventy-five percent, and I don't have to blow my ACL doing a hooju competition.
1: Clues. Yeah. God, just—I feel like you're biasing people with just this whole buildup. I'm gonna come up with my whole, my whole storyline regarding my hoohoo. is gonna overtake you.
0: <laughs> There's no way you'll win the competition. Like there simply is no way. There's no way.
1: Are you joking? No. I was on the frosh soft volleyball team. Mm -hmm. I didn't get much playing time.
0: (laughs) Okay, look, I don't even (laughs) think it has to do with athletic skill or our history as athletes or any of that. I think it comes down to just who wants it more. And I want it real bad.
1: I'm worried. I'm worried that people will think that you want it more. But I want it more, and so they should vote for me.
0: The votes should be based objectively on what we do, like the skill of it.
1: They're not going to be objective. They're going to be—it's going to be based on—we'll eh, see.
0: I'll say this. Regardless of what, however the vote falls, the vote is what will determine the best Huju. I will objectively rate them, too. I will give each one a, a hardcore rating.
1: I think if we took a vote, who do you think will win the Huju competition? If we took that vote right now— I would be curious how that measures up against what the
0: actual results are. Let's do it. Happy to see that. And just remember, everybody out there, Lizzie does have a significant age advantage. I'm just going to say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Cheater. You do.
0: That's not cheating. That's the truth. I'm
1: not like 22. Yeah, me either. I do have an age advantage, I have a height advantage, but maybe that'll be a disadvantage.
0: How do you have a height advantage? Oh, you're smaller. Fuck. I didn't even think about that.
1: No, I'm taller than you.
0: You're not taller than me.
1: Aren't I taller than you? How tall are you? What? Five nine.
0: Me too. We're equal.
1: Oh, uh, in my mind, I'm much larger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're big body trash can syndrome. I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, there's obviously some things we need to work out, but we got to wrap this episode up clues. That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Please go to our Patreon if you want to submit your screams or if you want to hear our Digging Deeper that's coming out on Monday, which is going to have some fantastic clips. We got Rachel Lindsay. We got Wells Adams. We got a whole variety. There's going to be about six shows we're pulling from. So hopefully you'll join us for that.
1: And our whole back
0: catalog
1: of Patreon episodes. I was looking at that today. There's some great ups in there. There's everything we learned from the dark seasons is in there.
0: We have almost 30 episodes back catalog now. There's a bunch of other stuff in there too. I'm constantly dropping little YouTube links to like history of reality TV type stuff. We're putting Creatures of the Weekend in there. Every once in a while, I'll throw a weird little song in there or something, weird images. There's all kinds of stuff. And obviously, you get access to our Discord as well.
1: What a great value.
0: Indeed a great value. And we're going to be on the Discord very soon, having a conversation in the next week or so. So look forward to that. We'll be announcing that across all of our social media. And if you want to see up-to-date numbers in terms of the progress of any of these group goals we have, those will also be on our Instagram account.
1: Our Instagram is at Game of Roses Pod, by the way.
0: Thanks once again, everybody, for joining us this Friday. We hope you have a great weekend. And before we go, as always, what is that dwob at?
1: It has been 7,130 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved
0: game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us, and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us, and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives, and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare.
1: 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... Um, and i need an easy install and this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the aura app Aura frames are wi-fi connected come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame she'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you and right now aura has a great deal for mother's day Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply.